The Buccaneers are back in first place in the NFC South after a last-minute touchdown by rookie Cade Otten, which gave the Buccaneers a 16-13 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. I'll tell you why this is a great sign moving forward for a team that was desperate for a sign of life. Let's go! You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you are watching live right now. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And of course, you can check out David Harrison's work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Again, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. Game balls are being handed out coming up in a little bit, but let's talk about what has to be the play of the year so far for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that, of course, is Cade Otten's one-yard touchdown catch with nine seconds left in the game. This was massive for a multitude of reasons. Number one, this is the second time now this season that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have defeated an opponent that they have historically had trouble with. The first one coming against the New Orleans Saints, of course, back in week two, and then this game against the Los Angeles Rams. The other reason this is the biggest play of the year for the Buccaneers is because it possibly has saved their season. As bad as the NFC South is, there's a long, long climb out of a three and six hole. Now the Buccaneers are four and five, getting ready to head to Germany to take on the surprising Seattle Seahawks. But a win in that game sends the Buccaneers into the bye week at five and five, and it is a brand new season. Without that drive, 60 yards in 35 seconds. The Buccaneers season is probably over. Kate Otten came up huge for this team in the game against the Los Angeles Rams. He led the team in receiving yards with 68. He had six targets, five catches, 68 yards, and not only the only touchdown for the Buccaneers in that game, but it's the only touchdown by a tight end for the Buccaneers this season. It's his first career touchdown came on a game-winning drive from Tom Brady. And not only that, but a guy that I've been really hard on all year, a guy that I was hard on coming out of training camp. I had him not on my, my predictive 53-man roster. Scotty Miller was crucial in the fourth quarter. He had eight targets, seven receptions, 53 yards. That The only target that he didn't catch was that ball that deflected off of his face mask that could have been a touchdown, giving the Bucs the lead, but also 
leaving a little under two minutes left for the Los Angeles Rams to be able to orchestrate a drive of their own. So I don't know, sometimes uh, bad things are blessings in disguise. But on that final drive, again, 60 yards in 35 seconds, Cade Otten and Scotty Miller combined for five of Brady's six completions and combined for 56 of the 60 yards gained on that drive. And it all started with Otten's 28-yard reception, and that was the Buccaneers' longest play of the day. A ton, a ton of great things came out of that drive for the Buccaneers. I will talk about more of that coming up in just a moment, but I do want to get to the chat real quick. Tommy, I see you in there. I'm going to get to yours early. Don't worry, Ben. I know I know you have a question that you sent in. I'm going to get to yours in just a minute. And Tommy says, talk about why they didn't challenge the punt that resulted in a touchback. I actually talked about this in my pick six column on BucksNation.com, and I'm going to break it down real quick. They probably would have won that challenge. I It was so close, and it was really hard to tell, but it did look like there was enough green there that it would have resulted in an overturned spot of the ball. You know, the, the Rams are pinned inside their own one-yard line. That's all well and good. However, not throwing that challenge flag might be the best decision that Todd Bowles has made all year, and I'm going to tell you why. We've seen plenty of challenges. A perfect example is the Bengals-Panthers game also played this past Sunday where Tyler Boyd caught a ball where it looked like he gained possession after the ball had crossed the plane, but he was falling out of the end zone. It looked like he had possession. The nose of the ball was past the goal line, should have been a touchdown. Zach Taylor challenges it, and the call was upheld of the ball being spotted at the one-yard line. We've seen plenty of challenges where it looked like it was a good challenge and the call was upheld or confirmed. Had Todd Bowles thrown that challenge flag, and the referees upheld it, meaning there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the initial call, that cost the Buccaneers a timeout. Now, you fast forward to later in the game. Mind you, the the Rams lost one yard on the ensuing drive, went three and out, they punted. So no harm, no foul, really, when you really think about it. But you fast forward to later in the game, when the Buccaneers needed the two remaining timeouts that they had when the Rams had the ball after the Bucs turned it over on downs, which then set up the 60-yard game-winning drive. Todd Bowles throws that challenge flag, and he doesn't win. The Buccaneers do not get the ball back with enough time to score a touchdown. You are looking at a Hail Mary situation, which the odds of that working are extremely low. So I understand there was there was some frustration about them not challenging the spot of that punt, but ultimately, the way the rest of the game played out, that was the right decision by Todd Bowles because they needed every single timeout they had left in order to win this game. I'm going to break down some optimism for the Bucks' rushing attack and let you know how impressive the defense was in just a little bit, but I have to level with you guys. 
you know I'm always honest with you, or I try to be as honest as possible, and I have not been great with a lot of my picks or a lot of my fantasy plays. I'm in a FanDuel league where they, I, I come in almost last every week. It's terrible. So if you're confident that you would do better than I have, then you should make yourself a little bit of cash with our friends over at Prize Picks. You pick two to five players, and if they will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people; it's just you against the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA college football, men's and women's college basketball, MMA, boxing, Euro basketball, and much more. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100 with promo code Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now, if you want to check out the biggest headlines in all sports, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports today. You can find them on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The defense for the Buccaneers was stellar on Sunday. And we're going to talk about a defensive breakdown, one of the few bad marks on that defense that led to a key explosive play for the Rams in just a moment. But we need to talk about another rookie. We've heaped some praise on Cade Otten. But I'm going to keep pounding the Rashad White drum until the Buccaneers' approach changes. We've we've talked about a, a rushing offense that is on pace to be the worst in NFL history. Leonard Fournette, who I love. You guys know, longtime viewers, longtime listeners of this show know that I am a Leonard Fournette fan. But as Tony Romo said on the broadcast, this is a results-based business. And the results are not there right now for Leonard Fournette. Nine carries for 19 yards. That is 2.1 yards per carry. That's not getting the job done. And he was effective in the passing game. There's no doubt about it. But let's take a look at Rashad White for a second. And his numbers don't look great. When you just glance at the box score, his numbers are not fantastic. Eight carries, 27 yards, 3.4 yards per rush. Now, obviously, that's better than Fournette's numbers, but that's not like you're, you're writing home to say, oh, my God, this is the greatest running back of all time. But let's take it one step further. We all know how much Buccaneers fans love when the Bucs run the ball on first down. Hasn't been good. Hasn't, has not been good. But with Rashad White, it has been far more effective. And you take a look at, at Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Rams as a prime example. And I know some of you in the chat are going to agree with me when I say when Rashad White was getting the ball, he looked more explosive. He looked more decisive. He was hitting the holes and the gaps faster and gaining some yards. But when Rashad White carried the ball on first down, he was averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He had five carries on first downs. 
And those carries went as follows. Gain of four yards, gain of seven yards, gain of six yards, gain of five yards, gain of four yards. That means that following a Rashad White first down run, the Bucs were set up with second and six, second and three, second and four, second and five, second and six. That's a whole heck of a lot better than second and nine, second and 10, second and 11. Rashad White is showing week after week he deserves a larger role in this offense. And there was a story on the broadcast on CBS from, I believe the sideline reporter was Tracy Wolfson. Don't hold it against me if I'm wrong there. But she told a story that during a Rashad White drive, Leonard Fournette was on the sideline frustrated that he wanted to be on the field. And after Rashad White came off the field, he talked to Fournette, said, hey, we need you. You know, we need you to focus. We need your help on the field. Fournette kind of snapped out of the funk that he was in, went back on the field and, and did his job as best he could. Very reminiscent of the frustration we saw two years ago when it was a lot of Ronald Jones and a little bit of Leonard Fournette. If it takes a lot of Rashad White and a little bit of Leonard Fournette to get him to snap out of this funk and start becoming playoff Lenny again, then that's what the Buccaneers need to do because the run game is more effective when Rashad White is on the field. And as I've broken down a lot of times, you don't lose anything with Rashad White on the field versus Leonard Fournette. He's a threat in the passing game. He can pick up blitzes. We even saw something that I had suggested on, on 10 Tampa Bay's uh, The Blitz where maybe you start to run some two-back sets. And now I was referring to Rashad White and Leonard Fournette because that adds a layer of deception and a layer of confusion to the defense when you have two guys that can run the ball, that can catch out of the backfield, and can pick up blitzes. You don't know which guy is going to be the one that's going to become the threat for Tom Brady to dump the ball off to. Now, we saw with Rashad White and Keyshawn Vaughn, but you need to see more of that moving forward. But Rashad White has earned more carries than he is getting. And if you're going to run the ball on first down, it better be Rashad White in that backfield and not Leonard Fournette, at least until Fournette shows that he can get the job done. I'm uh, I'm going to jump over to the chat real quick. We have uh, Tony saying left, which can't see this, but fans can with clown emojis. I'm sure he does see it. And we've seen Rashad White's load increase a little bit each and every week. Hopefully that continues to be the trend and you're seeing even more. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the defense. The defense was outstanding on Sunday. There was one key breakdown, and all of you know exactly where I'm going to go with this. And that, of course, was Cooper Cup's 69-yard touchdown catch. When you watch the play, Cooper Cup is, is running his route, and Keanu Neal starts to drop back in coverage. And you see him point behind him, where he's saying, I'm dropping off coverage, this is your man now, and he splits off. The problem was there was nobody behind him to pick up Cooper Cup. Mike Edwards was late getting over, Cup was wide open, catches the ball, scores the touchdown. So there was a miscommunication somewhere. Either Keanu Neal didn't realize that he didn't have that help behind him, you know, to drop Cooper Cup off to, or Mike Edwards was in the wrong place. Either way, it was one of the few defensive plays 
where the Buccaneers looked bad. Overall, this defense looked absolutely fantastic. Eight tackles for loss, four sacks, eight quarterback hits. They held the Rams to 206 total yards. In every game where the Buccaneers have played the Rams since the arrival of Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator slash head coach, the Rams have surpassed 400 yards on offense in each of those games until Sunday's game when the Bucs defense absolutely shut things down. Matthew Stafford finished with a QBR of 32.2. That is not good. And for all the problems that we've seen over the course of that losing streak, especially in the second half with the Buccaneers getting off the field on third downs, the Rams were four for 15 on third down. Cooper Cup had more yards than the rest of his teammates combined. That was a staunch and magnificent defensive performance from a team that was without Antoine Winfield Jr. That had a spotlight on Devin White for his recent struggles. Levante David summoned a vintage Levante David performance. Vita Vea was the best defensive lineman on the field in that game. Better than Aaron Donald, more disruptive than Aaron Donald in that game. That was the exact kind of performance that this Buccaneers team needed on the defensive side of the ball. And the defense has tried to keep the, the Bucs in games over the course of that losing streak. And the offense hasn't been holding up their end. And eventually the defense has fallen apart late in games. They played a full 60 minutes, had one really bad gaffe. And it was that touchdown to Cooper Cup. They gave up a couple of other big plays, but they tightened up, held the Rams to field goals, and put on a clinic. That was arguably their best defensive performance of the year. The wheels never fell off. They never got gassed. They It, it was a complete performance from the defense. I cannot say enough good things about the way they handled that game. We are going to pass out some well-deserved game balls here in just a minute. And who did I whiff on my Buffalo Bills pick? For those of you that listened to the Friday show, I said, take the Bills minus the 11 and a half. They are going to dominate the Jets. David is much smarter than I am, and he took the Jets with the points. So when you head over to bed online, listen to David and not me. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of basketball and hockey season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And the, the chat is hopping, but I do have to, I have to scroll all the way to the top now, Ben. Thank you for that. But Ben, 
He said, before the show even started, I submitted a question via Twitter yesterday. Any chance you can cover it? Thanks, Ben. I got you, buddy. So Ben tweeted to me yesterday. You're probably fed up with all the hashtag fire left witch rants, but seriously, if the Bucks lose today and only put two field goals in, what are the chances he gets fired tomorrow? Honestly asking, this is disgusting and I'm sick of it. Now, obviously, everybody in the chat, relax. Ben sent that to me during the game. So some frustration was creeping in. One of the things that I, I noticed after that Cade Otten touchdown was the hug between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Or, I'm sorry, Byron Leftwich. They're talking about Bruce Arians in the chat. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked. The hug between Brady and Byron. And I'm not an expert in body language, but to me, it looked like on the face of Tom Brady as he embraced his offensive coordinator that there had been a 10,000-pound weight removed from his shoulder, that they finally got the job done. And maybe, just maybe, that's the spark that this team needs to start to go on a run. Other than a couple of plays here and there, I really don't think Byron called a bad game. You had some really bad drops throughout the game. Uh, Mike Evans, more specifically, and I, I'm going to talk about this with David coming up on tomorrow's episode. But I think what Evans was dealing with, with that rib injury, which was very similar to what the Rams did to Gronk last year. And, and if you noticed, after Mike Evans left the field with the rib injury, came back, very next time he caught the ball, they took a shot at his ribs again. And I think he was almost preoccupied with trying to brace himself for the hits rather than concentrating on catching the ball. You had the, the bad drop by Scotty Miller in the end zone. You know, you, you had a bad drop by Coquift earlier in the game. So overall, I don't think Byron called a bad game. I just don't think the execution was fully there. You can, again, criticize some of the first down runs. You can criticize all those runs that I listed off that Rashad White had that were fantastic. They immediately ran on the next play for little to no gain. Needed to see that changed up a little bit. But I don't think the Buccaneers or you know, I don't think Jason Light, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles are going to fire Byron Leftwich in season. I, I, I truly believe I, that that's not going to happen. It doesn't matter if they continue to score in the teens. They're they're not going to make a midseason change. I just truly don't see it happening. I want to get David's opinion on it later. I'll let him talk about it a little bit. But it's time to pass out some game balls. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this, since we only do it for wins. But player of the game for me, you guys already know, it is one of my favorite people on this team. I've been pumping his tires for a while. Rookie tight end, Kate Otten, five receptions on six targets for a team-high 68 yards, and, of course, the game-winning touchdown. My next game ball is going to go to a game record. Tony Romo started calling him the bully. Vita Vea, three tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits. He leads the team in sacks with six and a half now. There have been a lot of people over the years complaining that Vita Vea doesn't show up on the stat sheet. He is showing up on the stat sheet this year. 
leading the team in sacks, and they needed it, especially with the loss of Shaq Barrett. This pass rush bounced back and responded to the loss of one of their leaders in fantastic fashion. Joe Tryon Shoyinka had a absolutely astonishing performance. Might have been his best game of the year. You had Avery stepping in. You had Nassib. You had Nelson. You had Nacho coming in with a sack. Really, the, the front seven rallied around one another, and they played their butts off for Shaq Barrett, who cannot be there for them for the rest of the season. And my last game ball, again, I, I got to eat my crow. Somebody that I have called out numerous times, um, Scotty Miller. Fantastic game. Eight targets, seven receptions, 53 yards. He had the drop in the end zone. I don't know why they didn't have Julio in the game at that moment in time when you're throwing up a jump ball in the end zone. But Scotty was there, just couldn't bring the ball in. But he was a difference maker in the fourth quarter of, of that game. Without Scotty Miller, without Kate Otten, we are talking about another loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I'm going to jump over to the chat one more time before we get out of here. Tommy jumps in and says, Julio who? Look. Julio had a touchdown against the Ravens. Yes, it was in garbage time. He had a couple of good catches against the Rams. Would have had another big gain. He slipped and fell uh, on a play at the beginning of, I believe it was the third quarter. Seemed to kind of aggravate that knee injury that he has. But he's been out there. He's been somewhat effective. He's been making catches. He's not getting a ton of targets. But when he is targeted, he seems to be starting to get into the flow of things. And, and you have to remember, he's missed a lot of time. So some of that chemistry that had started to develop in training camp has, has gone away. They have to rebuild that. You got to pick your spots with Julio. And if I'm picking spots, I want him on the field when they're inside the 10, not between the 20s. But, you know, you, you take what you can get and... Every little bit is going to help with the way this offense is. You never know when Julio is going to be the guy to, you know, move the chains on a crucial third down, get a, a nice chunk of, of 20 to 25 yards. So the last two weeks when he's been out there and targeted, he has been effective. And let's let's not forget, I believe the, the Rams defensive back Kendricks or Kendrickson, he was called for two different pass interferences, both of them against Mike Evans. He got away with pass interferences on back-to-back -back targets for Julio Jones. Uh, you know, one would have been a first down, and he had wrapped up Julio before the ball got there, so Julio couldn't get his arms up and catch it. Another one was towards the end zone, could have been a touchdown. So little little interference there that might have affected some of Julio's numbers. And uh finally, we got we got Tuna in the chat saying Scotty looked like Edelman. And Tony wants to jump in and say PED Edelman or regular season Edelman. Julian Edelman didn't deserve that. Come on, Tony. Let's be excited. Um, finally, uh, we got, is that Clack Five White? I'm sorry, my contacts are dirty. Jake should get a game ball. Without the punter, we lose on point all day. Look, I, I wanted to give Jake a game ball. I really did but I didn't want to piggyback off of the Buccaneers giving him a game ball for those on social media. You probably saw the picture. Jake Camarda was awarded a, uh, a game ball in that. And if you'll, if you'll bear with me for just a moment, pretty incredible number. Jake Camarda in this game had a gross punt average 
of 59 and a half yards. That is the highest gross punt average in NFL history with a minimum of six punts. Jake Camarda is a weapon. So shout out to him. He will get the YouTube live chat game ball. Uh, thanks to our guy, Clack 5 White. With that, I thank all of you for making Locked On a Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And again, if you want the biggest headlines in all sports, make sure you want to make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to continue to give your thoughts or reactions to the game, of course, you can give us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Check out my pick six column. Some of what I talked about on, on this episode, but plenty more over there in that. Uh, check out everything David's doing over at BucksGameDay.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at Harrison 82 Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and finally, after a win, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us.